Welcome to another episode of Strictly Legal on WESN Content Capital. I am your host, Rondell Donoa, attorney at law, and I'm happy for you to join us once again on this show that discusses the law and you. Today, in this episode, we're doing it a bit different. Now, as you'll have seen prior, I would have had numerous lawyers who would have come to discuss different issues and uh, that is affecting you, the citizens. However, in practice, there's a saying, law is a jealous mistress. And sometimes, you know, you wonder why would practitioners say this? Now, my guest, she is a chartered accountant, but she decided that she wanted to switch to law, leaving a very, very lucrative job and going into the lands there, not knowing what will happen. And I am here to, to interview her so that she can tell her story and she can give certain advice to those of you who are probably wanting to make a career change to law or maybe just want some inspiration. And I'm speaking with, I'm speaking about, sorry, Miss Corrine Prokop. Um, just a little bit about her. She is a chartered accountant. She currently lectures finance and accounting at UE Roytech. Imagine she still lectures finance and accounting. And, um, and she has multiple experience in the energy and banking sector. Um, she provided support for both the CEOs and the CFOs, which is the chief financial officers. Uh, she is a member of the Association of Chartered Accountants, and she's currently in her final year at Hewitting Law School, where she is pursuing the legal education certificate. Now, I don't want to say much because, of course, I want her to tell her story. So, ladies and gentlemen, I welcome Miss Corrine Prokop, Chartered Accountant and <laughs> Attorney in Training. Attorney in Training, indeed. How Thank are you? you? I'm fine. Thank you for having me on that. Thank you for coming on this program. And of course, you know, for the longest while I've been saying, Corinne, I want you on. You yes. know, to discuss your amazing journey and your inspiration to a lot of people, young people and women. Uh, of course, I know you have a lot of your fans watching. So you could probably look at them in the camera there <laughs> and say hello. And, Hi. Uh, <laughs> and um, I just want to, 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 to discuss, who is Corinne Poker? Oh, um, well, you gave a very good bio. Um, so yes, it's pretty much in a nutshell, a chartered accountant who has made the transition or who is making the transition into law. Um, as you rightfully said, um, I guess uh, the desire to learn and the uh, get, uh, taking advantage of the opportunity to pursue a dream, you know, um, that's really the behind the scenes of Corinne Pokup. Now, let's start with you being a chartered accountant. Now, as I would imagine, a chartered accountant um, takes, we take a number of years yes. to qualify. How much years you would have taken to reach that position? Well, um, so I would have completed the education part of the accountancy qualification, which is the ACCA, as you mentioned. Um, it took me three years to complete it. Um, which, For you know, three years? <laughs> wow, some people take 10 or forever. Yeah, yes, I, I agree. Some people really do take um, several years. Um, it was actually one of my classes where a bunch of my classmates were discussing how long they have been studying ACCA. And it was in that moment I told myself I don't want to be um, a 7-year, a 10-year, a 12-year because that was the number of years some of them were actually expressing that they have been doing the ACCA. And I really um, made a huge sacrifice and sacrifice meaning, you know, I would have cut out a lot of social activities in my life um, to make that uh, opportunity, to take that opportunity to complete it within the number of years that I did. At uh, so, what age you would have completed that, um, your ACC at? 
So you want to give me my age? Um, yeah, so I completed ACC at age 24. Wow, okay. Impressive. Yes. Um, but after you finish the education part of ACC, you still have the um, professional um, equivalent requirements. Yes. So that is where you have to, you know, acquire a certain amount of hours in order to become a member. So, of course, I would have been working while I was doing ACCA, so I was able to get my supervisor to sign off on it. Mm -hmm. um, and that would have allowed me to become a member um, about two or three years after I would have gotten the qualification, which was 2015, yeah. All right, and then after ACCA, I, mean, I, I know from, your, well, from seeing your CV that you would have had very, very good jobs. Like, tell, yes. tell us about that experience with what jobs that you would have acquired so, as a professional accountant. Yes, yeah, so I would have worked at... Um, Nila Massey Energy, which is in San Fernando, for about four or five years. Then I moved on to BG at the point in time, well, it's now Shell. Um, so I moved on to BG and I was an Ulster accountant there. Um, and you were uh, there for a number of years? Yes, yeah, so I was yeah. there for four years as well. The organization would have done some restructuring um, and I would have been impacted at that point in time. And well, I decided I wanted to make the switch from energy because I would have done energy jobs before to financial services. Um, because I tell people at the point in time I was not an energy professional, right. I was a financial professional, I was an accountant, so I felt as though I can transfer my skills from energy to financial services and I, luckily I did, and I moved to Citibank which is um, a multinational financial institution yes. in the country, um, and I spent four years there as well, um, and it was at Citibank is where I decided that I wanted to do law. And it wasn't because, like, I just woke up one morning and decided right. I wanted to do law. Well, I thought so at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I like, no, I, um, I actually wanted to do law since uh, TXE time. Right. But I would have only done business subjects. Right. Um, then A-level came, and same thing, I was doing, of course, the transition from TXE to A-levels, you will do business. I did business subjects as well, which would have been economics and accounting and stuff. Like nothing to do with reading, exactly. uh, a plethora of books and, and, and stuff like that. Exactly. So <laughs> at that point in time, what I was exposed to was that um, you would have had to do history and literature and those sort of subjects to, yeah. in order to do law. So I put that either behind my back, like, you know what, Maybe I will, put, will never be able to pursue law because my background is business. Um, and, that's a, and that's a myth, eh? Yeah, yeah but I realize now that it's yeah. really a myth. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if I had the knowledge or the information back then, I probably would have pursued law immediately. Because let's look at it in my, in my instance. I did sciences for CXE, <laughs> and um, I decided I wanted to be an engineer. <laughs> and I decided that being involved in public speaking and everything, that some like, uh, A-levels, I decided mm. to switch to literature, history, sociology, which was a lot of reading subjects. Yes. <laughs> it was a bit difficult because moving from admats uh, and sciences, as you know, yes. uh, to, to reading subjects, is, it's, it's a bit of a transition. So I, I, I could attest to what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, if I had the knowledge before, I probably would have um, taken the route that I eventually took, yes. which is, um, so of course, you know, in Trinidad and Tobago, we have two routes that people usually take to pursue law. Um, there is the through UWE route, um, and then you move on to Hewooding Law School, and then there is um, the external route, which is the um, London schools. Yes, which and many persons do. Many yeah. persons do. Mm -hmm. um, and then they move on to either doing the BPTC or the LPC. 
um, I sort of did about, um, you would say like a hybrid of both mm -hmm. because I did do my LLB externally um, and I was fortunate to get into Hewitting Law School. Um, and we all have heard these stories of yes. external students getting into Hewitting Law School, how challenging it is, the entrance exam, um, and how many people have been trying for many years because, you know, the, the institution is strapped with regards to space. Now, now did you leave your job um, to pursue law? Yes, I did. <laughs> and to me, that's a huge risk, earning probably six figures and, <laughs> and leaving your, your job totally. Yes. How, what, 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 what propelled you to, or compelled you to leave your job? Was it mandatory? Um, no, it wasn't mandatory. Um, I think I made the moral decision in the sense that I did not want, he wouldn't, it's full-time studies. Um, so what I would have had to do was try to balance he wouldn't as well as my job. Um, and I made the decision because um, I really value relationships. And all of the organizations that I work with, I still have close relationships with my former colleagues. And I thought about that. I thought about, do I want to risk um, damaging relationships with my colleagues at Citibank by trying to balance both? Because we know trying to balance both, one will suffer. And, and as I said in, in, in the beginning, that law is a jealous mistress. I'm sure you will have heard that, <laughs> that on a number of occasions. Uh, yes, 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 indeed. And I think you wouldn't have really, really um told me or showed me that yes it is really jealous that because he wouldn't really has taken up a lot of my time yes um and the amount of work and studies that i put in sometimes you know sometimes you, when you see a c or a b on your grade you think oh my gosh on so many hours <laughs> i yeah. have been studying and you know you want to uh, tell yourself well what did i go where did i go wrong mm -hmm. but you know um it, the lord has really shown me humility one mm -hmm. Um, and the need to be continuously learning. Now, uh, okay, the need to be continuously learning. I, I know you are someone that is very, very determined, always learning, but how has that transition been from, from working in the banking sector, energy sector, to being a student right through? Because you have obligations, not yes, so? Yes, indeed. I do have obligations. Like many of us, we have, have bills. Um, I have a toddler, a young daughter. Um, and that, that, is a, that is in itself another experience because you being a full-time student now yes. also have to deal with a toddler and, um, and study. Yes. What advice do you have to young ladies who in your position uh, that, that is juggling between being a mother and studying? Um, well, certainly your support system is extremely important. Um, so I have a very good support system. I, of course, I don't try to take advantage of them, but... Um, I do depend on them a lot, and I'm very grateful for my support system. So that certainly, if you're trying to juggle both, ensure that you have the support, because, of course, this support is really temporary. Um, I'm only studying for two years at Hewitting. Um, two years seems like, like five years, right? Actually, I, I do think that the two years have um, gone by really quickly. COVID especially has made it seem shorter. Right. Um, but and then as I, my daughter actually is in my classes because my classes are online um and she is there learning the law right. <laughs> at two years old, at two years old, at two years old. Yeah. so um that is the balance that i have to make as well mm -hmm. that she she's there with me um sometimes i'm studying and she's on my lap while i am studying um 
So I actually used to read my law books to her mm -hmm. until one of my girlfriends said, no, 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 let her read normal books. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, yeah, it's a sacrifice. Um, and it's a sacrifice that you have to be willing to make. Mm. Um, and well, when my daughter came into my life, she became my motivation. So mm. I mean, my advice to other people who are considering the same is one, your support system. And two, think about the reason why you're doing it. Because there are times where you will want to give up. I can tell you there yeah. are many times that I, I want to give up on the law. And, and you're wondering why you leave your, your good, good job, job yeah. to now fight up with, 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 with this and, you, and you're uncertain about what will happen in the future. Indeed. Uh -huh. I mean, just, most recently we had the article in the papers about um, lawyers um, doing working taxi. taxi, working so, taxi. Yeah. Yeah. so, you know, I, I sit and I think about that for myself as well, that, you know, I left a really good job. Um, and I, I'm going to go out there. Do I have to work taxi as well? Or what, what, you know, what does the future really hold for me? Yeah. Um, so I just, I, I just have to cross my fingers and yeah, hope that to someone, you know. Don't worry. I'm, I'm sure people, listen, I'm sure you um, have the, the skill set and the mindset to, to, to achieve and to actually go, get into a good position. Now, now, let us take a break. And then when we come back, we will discuss more on your journey. Sure. You are watching Strictly Legal on WESN Content Capital. And welcome back to Strictly Legal. You are watching a great show on WESN Content Capital. And with me, my guest, Corinne Prokop, who is a chartered accountant and aspiring attorney. Corinne, as we were discussing um, before the break, uh, as you know, you would have entered Hewarding prior to the pandemic, not so? Indeed. And of course, in Hewarding, as, as, as one would know, who would have experienced it is very rigorous. You always have classes, you always have, um, it's, it's a training. So you are training to be an attorney. Now the pandemic came. What was your thoughts at that point in time when the pandemic came and knowing that you have a certain timeline to achieve certain things? Well, um, so I think going into Hewarding with the pandemic, of course it's online schooling. Um, one of the apprehensions would have been, so in year one we have um, the child advocacy course. So one of our apprehensions was that we wouldn't have that face-to-face -face advocacy style um, of training that we would have encountered in year one. Um, but I would say that we would have most recently concluded our child advocacy class, and, which was conducted online. And there really was not any grave disparity mm -hmm. that would have you know, um, really supported our fears going right. into it. Um, it really was a seamless and very um, realistic um, experience. So that was one of the, my major fears, um, but it was not... Uh, but you know the face-to-face -face interaction, particularly <laughs> when you're doing trial advocacy, is to be in a courtroom setting, of you course. know, have the, have the trial judge there, who's the, who's the lecturer, and being able to interact with your peers. Do you, do you miss that? Um, yes, yeah, I mean, you do it, you miss the interaction with your peers, but I mean, when we think about what we are preparing for in the future, yeah. um, virtual hearings might be a reality um, in the future, even if the pandemic, uh, yeah. you know, is no longer with us. 
Um, we have seen the effectiveness of virtual hearings. Yep. We have seen um, how well it is working in some instances. So I guess uh, Hewitting really has placed us or positioned yes. us well for that eventuality. And virtual hearings, you could be anywhere once you have a, a, a good background. I know a lot of persons, what they do, they put on the virtual background, so you could be on the beach and in court, right? Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> because you have a background that looks like an office. Indeed, right? yes. <laughs> um, so I, I, think, I think it's a step in the, in the right direction in terms of the trajectory in which the judiciary is moving with technology. And sometimes I, I think, I mean, with the pandemic, it, it's, it can be a good thing. Um, to some extent, because it allowed us to embrace technology Indeed. sooner than later. later. Yes, yes? I, I totally agree. So you have been also, um, uh, well, as you said, you did your LLB at the, through, uni well, at uni well, at ILAS. Is, yes, is, so I did it mm. through, um, through ILAS yes. from the University of, of London. London. Um, so yes, the ILAS experience, I, I recall when I um, wanted to do the LLB, I contacted a friend of mine and she said, honestly, you need to go to ILAS. You are yeah. a very structured person and you will get the structure that you need. And yes, I, I, I mean, I, of course, I can't compare other institutions because I haven't attended those institutions. Mm -hmm. But I would say that ILAS really contributed to my success through the LLB. They really provide um, good guidance and whatnot. So... Yes, so I did take the eyelash route, as some people call it. And, and, and you, you would have participated in, in Mooting? Yes, so I did the, um, so there was this tertiary education debating. Um, and this is something I would say to a lot of persons who are thinking about law, really try to get yourself um, really involved in the law. You know, try to do debating, try to get involved in mooting and those sort of things because that debating experience that I, which I um, got through ILAS because yes. of the TTSEC, they had a um, tertiary education competition. Um, it really did give me that confidence and really helped hone some skills that really assisted me even at Hewitting because when you get to Hewitting, uh, you know, they throw you in the lions then. Yes. <laughs> you are called upon to speak, you are called upon to present, those sort of things. So it really prepared me for that experience because doing an external LLB, you're really yes. just behind a computer, your yeah. paperwork, you're yeah. not really getting that compared to UWE perhaps. Now, I think you're being very humble when you said with the mooting. I'm, I'm sure you would have excelled <laughs> in, in the mooting condition. Tell us more about what, what that entailed and which senior counsel came to you and said you did an excellent job. Come on, come on. Stop, stop, stop holding back. Okay, um, yes, yeah, so our team, we made it to the finals both years back to back. Um, of course, we did not succeed, but we were the runner-ups in both years. Well, that's, um, success. That's, that's good. And the first year, Martin Daly, senior counsel, he, um, he was the head judge for the competition and he came up to me after and told me, you know, he was really impressed with my skills. So, I mean, to him, it probably was just you commending somebody, but to me, it really left a mark because, yes. you know, it really gave me that motivation to go further. To, yes. Because there were, there were moments that I did say that I wanted to stop at the LLB. Because Hugh Wooding felt like a, an elusive goal. Mm -hmm. um, and, and not I, many external <laughs> students actually get into Hugh Wooding. Yeah, not many. Mm -hmm. In our year, I think uh, there was about seven or eight of us that year. Yeah. Um, so Hugh Wooding felt like an elusive, elusive goal. And I kept, I said that I will have to continuously prolong the London route if I have to go LPC or BPTC because I did not want to leave my job. Right. <laughs> The, the irony. And then eventually <laughs> and then did. I, 
exactly so um yes yeah, so it felt it really did give me the motivation to go further um and i was really grateful for that feedback till today till today <laughs> and um i'm told well from from what i understand you, you lecture as well yes law yeah well i used to lecture law then when the pandemic came um so i currently only lecture finance and accounting Right, and, and, and that itself is a balance as well. Yes, it is, of course, because you have to prepare for classes. Um, as I mentioned, well, I have a toddler, so with COVID, daycares are not open, so she's there with me. So sometimes, you know, you're speaking <laughs> in your lecture and she's in the background talking. <laughs> I think they understand because a number of, uh, sometimes even in, in ordinary schools, um, you know, <laughs> um, students, siblings will just show up on the, on the computer and, and yeah. it's like, okay, what do I do? But I think everyone is um, accustomed to that. Now tell us what sort of attorney, wh wh where do you see yourself after law school um, practicing? Um, well, certainly I want to stick within the corporate um, industry. I want to be a corporate and commercial attorney, specifically specializing uh, or working with insolvency, restructuring, um, securities, banking law, those sort of things, because I really want to be able to utilize my experience and my finance background. Right. So that is really where I would but, like. But, but, you know, but you know, sometimes you may, you may want to pursue one area and then when you actually get called to the bar, you end up somewhere else. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, it's, so it's really where the chips may lie, as they say. And, and what sort of experience have you had thus far um, in law? So I did my in-service training last year with a law firm. Um, that was an exceptional experience. It really far exceeded... Uh, my expectations because you know sometimes you hear persons do in-service training and they say well they didn't really do anything um, especially in the COVID environment so I, I would have had some colleagues who indicated that they were not working as hard and long as me mm -hmm. um, and I mean I was open to the experience because you really want if you're doing a training or an internship you want to get experience yes. Um, yes you don't want to just say well I did it because and even you, even in court experience because I know one of the criteria is that you would have had to do court visits yes and um, is that something that you all can still do virtually um, I'm not sure well do you know <laughs> trial a advocacy classes the um, we actually had a judge who was our tutor, um, and he would have invited us to some of his court hearings, okay. which was much appreciated because, I mean, I got to sit in with and saw even some senior counsels yes. in virtually. his year, virtually, yes. so, you know, that was really exciting, yes. <laughs> exciting stuff. Um, but I'm not sure if we can still do it. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, it perhaps um, is yeah. still available. I guess if it's the judiciary post the links, yeah. that might be something that we could probably and and young people who want to get into law you know what what is your advice in closing what is, what is your advice to them is it worth it um <laughs> well i mean you, you're still you're not a lawyer yet but is it exactly. worth the journey um so vernal i'll be honest there are times where i want to give up because it's a lot of work a lot it far i mean people sometimes say to me well you have an educational background before you should be fine um no i started at ground zero Yes. you know um so my educational background probably only comes when i get out there um and i'm will i have to utilize it in some way so some you know, merge the qualifications in some way but the journey itself is the same it's difficult it's challenging but as i said before you have to ensure or remember why you wanted to do it in the first place because when you get those moments of wanting to give up um that is the only thing that motivates you 
Good. Don't give up. I mean, it's, it's simple. Don't give up and just stay the course. I mean, of course, your support system is important. And um, Corinne, we are out of time. Oh. But <laughs> I thank you for coming on this program to, to, to give up your journey because I, I believe this is a, this outstanding journey that you would have gone through. I mean, we have known each other since, since kids. Uh, <laughs> and I'm proud of you. I'm thank very you. proud of your achievements, your accomplishments. You came from a great family, a great home. And, um, and just continue doing what you're doing. Right, all the best, and guys, this is a wrap. You have been watching Strictly Legal on WESN Content Capital. Of course, you can catch uh, the you can catch the episodes, um, past episodes as well on our online platform, WESN CC, and see you next for another episode. Good day and God bless.